the same thing with CNN and Fox News. It benefits them for the right and the left to be mad at each other and be going to war. The culture war benefits them. More views, more ad dollars, more clicks, more attention. Facts, yeah. The same way with the battle between men and women. These individuals, these content creators financially benefit from men and women being mad at each other. Because yeah. if men and women weren't mad and there was a nation of peace, they would have no jobs. They would have no channels. They would have no content. They make more money the more men and women are mad at one another. So they're profiting from this system and structure. Yeah. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz, and welcome back, welcome back, back with another episode. I've been traveling all around the country for the past couple days. I'm beyond tired, but I say, you know what? I got to drop this episode because I know the people have a lot of questions. And back again is my guy, Francis. Welcome back, Francis. Oh, thanks for having me. Part two. Part two, part two, part two. So, you know, as you know, we had our standard event in Phoenix. It was super amazing, man. It was a really powerful environment, powerful, powerful conversations. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But after the standard event, I went to Florida <laughs> <laughs> and um, had two really, really interesting conversations, one with Adam and the gang, as well as one with Jedediah. And then the moment I came back, did another podcast, and I'm very, very <laughs> curious about that episode because... I, that episode we recorded for two and a half hours. I'm very curious when it comes out, how long it's going to be. You guys heard it first. We recorded a two and a half hour podcast. So when that episode comes out on the channel, I'm very curious to how long it's going to be. Will she put out the full conversation or will it be an edited doctored version? So I'm very, very curious about it. But Let's go ahead and let's talk about the, the, the series of events that took place. And let, we got to begin first things first with um, the conversation on Friday. So I'm very curious about um, your opinions on it. And I'll kind of share a, b- a brief background so people can kind of get an idea of why I did that, did that episode. So long story short, um, Joseph and I are working on the standard. People know about it. So we decided to do some work in Florida with some standard work. Um, at that time, Jedediah's team reached out to me saying that they wanted me on her podcast. I said, well, this, this seems like it just lines up perfectly. You know, we're trying to do some standard stuff in Florida. You know, she, she wants me to record live in, in Florida. Cool, kill two birds with one stone. Then I hit up Adam and saying, yo, Adam, I'm gonna be in Florida. And if you want me to hop on the podcast, I'll hop on, no problem. Adam said, cool, I'll let you know. Uh, maybe like a week before he said, hey, it might be a little tough. We have a full house. I'll keep you updated. So I think it was like Thursday morning when I finally landed into Florida. Um, I texted Adam and said, yo, I'm in town. Let me know any updates. And and then maybe an hour or so later, he said, yo, you trying to hop on the show tonight? I was like, yo, why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> why not? So um, it turned out, like initially I was thinking it's going to be just Adam and I. Turned out that, you know, Adam does this more panel style conversation nowadays, no problem. Um, so hopped on, knew nothing about the guests, none of them, never watched a single piece of their content, you know, no, knew of some of them. And the lights went on and the show <laughs> happened. So I'm yeah. very curious to your thoughts, your opinions, um, and then we can go ahead and continue the conversation. 
Of course. It was, it was a great conversation. And I remember when you first described it as like you in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. See, Adam's podcast is a different style. It's, it's like a live chat going up and down and it's a bit chaotic. You have guests, you have, you have, you have, you have Tyler looking up things or Natalia looking up things in, in the background and asking questions and, and giving out these people's comments. And it's, it's pretty wild. So <laughs> the kind of audience that's watching that kind of podcast is, is obviously very, very, uh, w- they're waiting for a, a moment, right? So it's kind of different style. And, and when you were first speaking, it, it was first, like you, you were trying to, to have a calm, you know, like well-reserved, like the demeanor. But the reality is that that environment is not built for that. So <laughs> as, as you were speaking, you know, people were going crazy in the comments. <laughs> so, I mean, again, I love what you were saying. I, I loved all of your points. But the problem is they weren't hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so to me, me and Adam had a conversation right after the show. It was a really, really good conversation. Obviously, it's private. And, and to me, the conversation Adam and I had after the show, to me, just showed me, like, what, I, what was meant to happen, that's exactly what it was needed to happen. And so to me, I think, you know, after doing the show, I, I've learned a little bit more about just the nature of what's going on in the internet. And what's happened is that a lot of people have become like religious leaders to some. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't have a religious background. You know, they don't have an ideological background. Like in the past, religion would give you your foundation, your wisdom will teach you. A lot of men today don't have dads, right? They don't have fathers, so they don't have anyone guiding them. They don't have a community of men instructing them on manhood. So a lot of these um, content creators have become that to these guys. And while that's super good because a lot of these men are filling in a gap in these men's lives that's much needed. The problem is because the problem has become these people are like entrenched in these people's ideologies and they're entrenched in their worldviews and their worldviews are like gospel to them. Yeah. And so to me, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, I said, yo, my desire is not for people to believe me believe Adam, believe Greg, believe Ali, believe anybody here, is for you to sit down and listen to those who are different from you for the purpose of benefiting and transforming your life. But the problem when you're an ideologue is that you don't want to hear anybody but your your guy. Right. You know, when, when Donald Trump and Joe Biden are debating, the people on the left, they're not hearing anything Donald Trump has to say. They All they want to do is cheer on Joe Biden. When people on the Trump camp are hearing Trump debate, they're not hearing anything that Biden has to say. They're only cheering on Trump. And so to me, I've seen that the, 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 the very polarizing nature of society is also really trickled down in the Internet, you know, because I guess in the past, maybe, maybe it's the audience I've cultivated, right? And what I love about the audience I cultivated is, you know, though I don't affiliate with Red Pill, AMS can come on the podcast and everyone's really respectful for him. People are actually learning from what can I learn from AMS. Candace Owens can come on the podcast, though they don't believe in that stuff. What can I learn and being respectful? There was a culture that we created, you know, with this concept of diversity of thought. Yeah. Right. 
where you know you don't have to believe what everybody says, but you can sit down and learn from these individuals because everybody can make you better. I think that's what made the the roommate so powerful. Yeah. You had all these different people with different ideas, and you learn from everybody. You sat down, though you disagree with them. So a guy like you know Derek Jackson can come on, and you can get a little bit of nuggets of truth and throw away the rest. And a guy like you know um, Stephas Cole, shout out to Young King himself, can come on the podcast, and you can take what you want or reject what you don't want. But what I've seen is the is humanity has devolved into extremely tribal camps and these extremely tribal camps have have caused individuals to be unable to hear out anybody who is not of their tribe or who they don't feel like is affiliated with their tribe and that's one of the biggest challenges that later on I was like man I I think that's a whole other conversation yeah. about the tribal nature in the men's community and I communicated to uh, the coach after the conversation, I said, I've never publicly attacked anybody because I understand in the world of men, especially in the world of black men, that's what they want. Yeah. They want you fighting each other. You know, it's just crabs in a barrel mentality. Like this is this is animosity. And it gets really deep. We talked about some of the stuff that was going on in the past where like you see that the moment someone is offended by somebody, they lash out so yeah. hard on them. And it's like, oh, that didn't come from that insult. Yeah. That didn't come from that moment. You were building this anger and this wrath. There's something internally wrong with us where we have such an animosity towards those who we view as different from us or who are not on our team. And so to me, I think that real tribal nature was really exposed in that conversation. And you clearly see that there's a, there's a side of the internet that does not want to hear anybody that's not espousing their worldview. No, I totally agree. And what, what you're trying to elicit out of their minds is rational thought. You're trying to elicit uh, a thinking mind that's going to hear both ideologies and consider what is right, what's wrong, separate we from the chaff. But these guys aren't driven by rational thought, not driven by prefrontal cortex. They're driven by their emotions. So it's very emotional when they comment, when they're commenting. They, they hear something, they get triggered, they comment. So what's driving their thoughts are not like arguments. The driving thought is how they feel in the moment and, and what they're going to express via the comments. So I think that until we can change that perspective from an emotional response to like a, a more sophisticated, higher level, higher resolution like analysis of what's going on, you can never get to their, you can never change their minds that way. No, I agree. And, and that's the part where I, I really love our core value of diversity of thought because I think that's a skill that we have to, men have to be able to gain because I've always said I'm a parrot, not a prophet. I've learned from a lot smarter men than myself. You know, I learned style from Jose Zuniga. You know, I'll learn fitness from a Mike Rashid. I'll learn business from a Patrick but David. I'll learn finance from Alex Hermazi. I'll learn emotional health from Lewis Howes. Like, I'll go to everybody and learn something and kind of add it to my life. You know, obviously, wisdom and philosophy about from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. And I'll add that to my life and become better. But a lot of these other guys, they're in silos. Yeah. They're on team this guy. Yeah. And all and anyone who's adjacent of him, anyone who agrees with him, I will listen to them. But they won't go outside of their camps um, to be able to hear those who are different. So And so I, I thought about something because, you know, some of the guys in the standard are reaching out to me. And, you know, you know. I don't watch reaction videos. So people don't understand. Like when I, when I talk about comments and reactions, I don't watch it. Yeah. But. All my friends will tell me. Yeah, of course, like, it'll, it'll get to you some way or other. It'll get to me. I don't. I don't watch. I'm not reading the comments. I'm not going through reaction videos. But people will read it and and comment it to me. 
And so one of the things I, um, somebody was saying, it was uh, even Zach Richardson was talking about it. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, there's, there's some, there's some create, some people out there like, oh, they're your blue pill, your blue pill, your blue pill, you're this, you're that. And I said, here's the reality. One of my, one of the things that I really dislike is the cult like nature of where a lot of the red pill content has become. And the cult-like nature is really found in the language that they give. They create strong distinctions between who is in and who is out, right? Got it. Because what's interesting, if you really understand like cults, right, here's what happens. Like Christianity has a lot of diversity in Christianity. You have Lutherans, right? You have Calvinists, you have Baptists, you have Methodists, you have Episcopalian, you know, you have Seventh-day Adventists, Seventh-day Adventists, Catholics. You have all these different groups of Christianity and they have their slight unique differences. Generally speaking, even if I'm Baptist, I look at a Presbyterian as he's also a Christian. Right. He has different beliefs about baptism a little bit than I do, but I wouldn't say he's not a Christian. I wouldn't, wouldn't say he's on the outside. Right. You know, a, a, a Lutheran won't look at an Episcopalian and say he's not a Christian. Right. right. They'll say, okay, he's different, different beliefs, different denomination, but he's generally speaking a Christian. The Christian cults what they will do is say, we're the only Christians. Right. We're the only ones. All those other people are not real Christians. Only we are. And so then they will use strong language to, to demonize the outside. Right. You see this in Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, right. Yeah. Those are the damned who are going to hell. And we are God's anointed chosen people. Right. And so to me, the cult-like nature of what's going on in the red pill comes in their language. Yeah. If you accept their message, they give you the brand of being red pill. Right. They give you the brand of being an alpha male. If you reject their message, if you reject their views, they then give you the the the, the brand of blue pill of Bad. being a beta male. So they, you know what I mean. So yeah, they yeah. use this language. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very similar thing to what happens in the political sphere. Yes. So when you see like the left and intersectionality, you have group that's more left than the other left and they want to dispel the people who aren't left enough people on the right you want to see people who are most extreme and if you're not most extreme you're not part of the part of the right and we're seeing that in also like in these cults what happens is the leader often determines what who is in and who's out mm -hmm. so the leader can in one second decide who's in who's out the group so again these ideologues if you're following one of these guys on on, on youtube and they say something that hey that guy's not part of our group immediately without even any investigation they believe that because he's the cult leader so you're seeing that also like with, with Donald Trump. If, if Donald Trump is not endorsing you, then you're not part of the party, even though you have the same policies, it doesn't matter. So like also not just only are they like trying to exclude you from their cult, they're also like determining who's part of the cult based on the leader. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. And, and to me, I think that language also causes people to not disagree with the leader. Yeah. You know, and like one of the dopest parts of what we do with the standard is people can disagree. Yeah. But right? it's fundamental principles. But you can disagree. We're, we're not we're not saying, oh, he's less of a man. if He disagrees. He's less of a man. If he's this, that, and the third. We don't we don't we're not doing that in the center. We're not doing that even with our content. Right. Yeah. Like we have different people with different views and we respect everybody. But what they do is that if you don't agree. Right. There, there's that there's that branding. Yeah. And then what happens is the ones who are in the cult, who are in the organization, they don't want to get kicked out. Yeah. They don't want to get disassociated. This is the only community that they have. Right. This is the only people who are going to support them. It's the only people that hear them out. They don't want to. So they will hide their views. They will hide their ideals. They will hide their, their, their criticisms because they don't want to get 
being, um, you know, what, what's an apostate, yeah, right? Yeah, ostracized or, yeah, or, or cast out the group. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the things. I, and I said, I realized that's a te- technique. And I'm like, bro, I don't care. Yeah. Your labels, you, this is the real world. Right. Your fictional labels from your fictional creators don't affect human beings in the real world. And so it's it's really sad because, like, if for younger guys, they could easily be swayed by stuff like that. Yeah. You know, me, like me, I'm, I live a great life of amazing friends, amazing people. All that information means nothing because end of the day, like, respect, I've always viewed respect as who do the great men in society say I am? You know what I mean? If my dad... If men like Jordan Peterson, if men like Patrick Bet David, men like Jose Zuniga, men like Aaron Marino, men like Stefan Labossiere, you know what I mean, men like Gary Vee, if those kind of men are saying things about me in unison, all, I'm all for it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters because I'm like, dang, the OGs are most respectful men in society. They're the ones who are saying there's something wrong with me. Right. But if you're just having all these individuals who are not very respectful individuals who are saying these things? I, t- I told him, the men, you gotta. This is the part where you don't hear the praises or the criticisms. Yeah. Right. Because it's like those individuals can't define you. But when you're in these in these cult like environments, the 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 praise of the leader is so so coveted. Yeah. By the group and individuals will 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 hide their ideas, um, in order to perpetuate these messages. And so these are just some of the things that I've noticed. Where it's like, yo, like. I just really wonder how many of these people really believe these things or are they too afraid to communicate because they want to be kicked out of the group? I don't even think they're thinking that deeply about it. I okay. just think they are very entertained. They love what they're saying. They're in pain. They feel the, the, the energy of the guys who are angry and they're resentful and they feel that energy. They feel the same way. So they just gravitate towards it and just, just keep watching the content because it makes them feel good. And I think a lot of this is, is like similar to addiction. It's akin to addiction. The way that these guys continue to go back and forth to these content creators and continue to, continue to hear these stories and, and constantly click on and watch the content. It's a very addicting to stick around in that, you know, hopeless mentality. No, 100%. And uh, another thing I was thinking about in regards to just, just, just what's going on in the psychology of the individuals is that when it comes to information right and giving information and i've used the example in jedediah's podcast here's a problem with cnn so let's do let's do um cnn versus a person like ben shapiro right okay so you take a person like donald trump mm-hmm. ben shapiro is not a pro-trump guy yeah so obviously we know cnn is not pro-trump yep but here's the differences cnn can only tell when donald trump is wrong will never, ever communicate when Donald Trump has done anything right. Right. Will only communicate the wrongs, will never communicate the rights. Ben Shapiro has this thing where he calls it good Trump, bad Trump. When Trump does good, I'm going to say it's good. When Trump does bad, I'm going to say it's bad. Whenever you're around somebody who only sees one side of the story and not giving both sides, right? Mm -hmm. you got to clearly see this person is not objective yeah distorted it's distorted and so and i was talking to the uh pearly things lady i said if people will say the red pill is our opinions our thoughts about the way the world works i would have no problem with that Mm -hmm. don't call things the truth 
Don't say it's the truth. And then the truth is only what's wrong in the world, only the negative in the world. And I remember um, somebody, somebody, you know, once said, once said this to me, like, man, bro, you always, you keep it real. You, you tell the truth. And I was like, what does he mean by that? Because usually when you say something that's very negative about the world, people equate that to the truth. Right. So the truth really becomes, give me the negative truths. Yeah. That's the truth. Right. Oh, you keep it real. Yeah. It's keeping it real saying, man, the, you know what? The world has been through worse. And I truly believe that if we, if we study the cycles of history, we're going to persevere through these difficulties. That's not true. <laughs> nah. That's not real. Yeah. Real is, man, the world's going to hell in the handbasket, man. Look at this world. Look at this. Oh, bro, he keeps it real. Right. And so you realize, to your point, those who are trapped in nihilism, those who are very cynical, those who are extremely bitter, the truth to them is primarily negative. Yeah. So going back to the feminists, you ask if the woman who keeps it real about men, men are going to cheat. Men are going to be dishonest. Men are not going to be loyal. Men are not going to be respectful. Oh, yeah, man, that girl keeps it 100 about men. Right. Same with the guy. Man, these girls ain't faithful. These girls don't take half your money. They're going to take your kid. Bro, he keeps it real. He keeps it 100. Right. It's like, bro, people only equate things to being truthful when that truth supports their negative worldview. Yo, what's good, everybody? We're going to take a quick pause from this week's amazing episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is a real A1 day one from the roommates, and we absolutely love Skillshare because they are a unique online learning community where men and women can learn all types of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Man, so many men for the past year in the roommates have been learning, have been blossoming, have been transforming from Skillshare because not only do you get the first month free to test it out, but Skillshare has such a vast library of courses, of resources that you guys can be able to tap into today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates and take advantage of this opportunity. Guys, on the podcast, we meet so many amazing men and women who are so talented, but they didn't get their skills overnight. They had to master these things and Skillshare gives you all the resources that you can be able to master your best self and tap into your full potential. So do not delay. Get on Skillshare today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates. Trust me, you'll thank us later. And let's get back to this week's episode. You know, I thought about this a lot. And you know, the, the, the black pill movement or people who are basically in black pill philosophy, they don't like hope. Hope is their enemy. They're looking to hope. Why do you think that's it is? Why, why do you think they're so afraid of hope? I think they're afraid of hope because if there is hope, that requires them to do an action. True, true. But also, I want, I want to go a bit deeper on that because maybe we're doing a straw man of their philosophy. And I thought about this a little bit. And like basically, Andrew Huberman is, is a neurobiologist that has a, a very good explanation of how the brain works. He's a very good job of doing that. And basically, what controls hope in the brain, regulates hope in the brain is the dopamine. Dopamine is a, for those who don't know, neurotransmitter that regulates reward, motivation, drive, et cetera, right? Dopamine is basically the most when, so let me ask you this question. So is dopamine the highest whenever you want to get a reward? You, you think about it or when you get the reward? Is it highest whenever you, you think about it? You think about it, exactly. Yeah. So anticipation. So hope is, is, is what gets the highest levels of dopamine. That's why before you start a company, you feel the best before you sell the company or before you buy a car, you feel the best when you buy, when, before you buy the car than when you get the car. Mm-hmm. And then also why gambling is so addicting and besides, whether or not you win or lose, you feel, it just feel good to gamble, right? So basically, dopamine is the primary driver of hope. Imagine this. Imagine you have a, a kid, right? And you're trying to go get ice cream. You tell the kid you're going to get ice cream. 
and they're like very happy. You get in the car to drive, get ice cream, and then you get to the store and they're closed. And you tell your kid, I'm so sorry that ice cream is, is not here because it's closed. The kid feels, not only does the kid's hope dopamine go up and then come back down, but it goes actually below baseline. So the kid feels worse after you tell him he gets ice cream yeah, yeah, than, yeah. than when he actually, you know. So basically, like, again, hope is actually a negative in that scenario. And if you understand that neurobiology, you can understand why they don't want to hear hope because actually they fear false hope and not hope itself. That's really powerful. No, that's, that's really powerful because it's kind of like the kid who's waiting for his dad to pick him up. Yeah, yeah. You know, when the parents aren't together. And, he, and, and, and for him... He would rather hear dad's not coming. Yeah, way better, way easier to deal with. Way easier to deal with yeah. than dad is coming and then dad not come. Yeah. Now that's really powerful. And, and so to me, I think all these conversations are really important for men to understand these things as they're as they're navigating content, as they're navigating information. You're you got to ask yourself, what is this content doing to my mind? Yeah. Right. What? And, and I remember, and shout out to Adam, and Adam made a great point. Adam said. I would really love to see what the men who follow this idea look like. I would really love to see these people in person. Right. Because to me, if your information is the truth, and as Dr. Jordan B. Peterson talks about, the truth aligns with the greatest good. The truth is the greatest good. Right. right. So that means if you're aligned with the truth, you're aligned with the greatest good. So therefore, if you're aligned with the greatest good, then the greatest good should be happening in your life. Right. For your life. So you would think that the people who are in line with the truth who should have the best lives, yep. the happiest people, the healthiest people, the most thriving individuals. You would think that the individuals who are aligned with, as they say, the truth are having the best lives, living under the banner of the truth. And. And, and literally, I remember the, 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 one of these girls told me, she said she went to one of their events, and she was like, yo, it was not that. <laughs> Those guys are not that. You don't see a bunch of handsome, charming, successful, fit, competent men who are doing great things in life. So you don't see those guys at all. You said it's like literally like the bottom. Right. The, you know, the dip, the, 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 the depths of the abyss. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, and so I was like, yo, I would love, I would love the world to see that. Right. I would like, I would love the world to see, you know what? I'm full of crap. I'm lying. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm providing false hope and I'm all these X, Y, and Z. So let's see the men who are, who are trying to do the things that I believe is best in society. Right. And I want to see the men who are trying to do the things that you believe is best in society. Right. I would love to see that because if I'm truly wrong, which they believe this, their, 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 you know, orators of the truth are the correct ones. They should have better men. True, true. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, again, a lot of them don't go that far in the thought process. They they see the fact that you know their life is in, in despair and they're angry and disgruntled, and they stop there. You know, yeah. they, they they want you to tell them why they're going through what they're going through, yeah. and they just want to hear the the negative information. They want they want to get that and accept that. And in their world. You don't exist. Yeah. In their world, it's fake. They don't believe you. Yeah. You, you have yeah. I see your wife, but she made, you paid her. Like yeah. everything you do is a lie because in their philosophy, it's not true. There's no hope there. Yeah. Now, and, and it's really interesting because so you have to ask yourself, what are people buying? Because we had this great great debate about entertainment versus education, and she said you can do both. And my argument was, yo, you can do both, but you have to be honest about what you're doing. Yeah. Are you primarily educating or primarily entertaining? And, and then we got in this great conversation 
where we were talking about, you know, different content creators. Um, and she was like, you know, but you disagree with the red pill, but, but you like Kevin Samuels. I said, Kevin Samuels isn't red pill. Right. And she was like, what? And I was like, bro, he said multiple times on his platform, he isn't red pill. He go, he's went off on that multiple times. Facts. Yeah. And then she was like, well, what about guys like Andrew Tate? I said, Andrew Tate isn't red pill either. He's not red pill either. Andrew Tate doesn't like red pill as well. I was like, he doesn't like it as well. And she's like, oh. I was like, bro, it was a long conversation. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to see it. But then, but then as it continued, I was like, think about Kevin. And what did Kevin stand for? Families. Yeah, marriage. Marriage. A woman would come on Kevin's show. She'd be 35 years old and single. Kevin would ask her the typical question. One of the questions he would always ask is, when was your last relationship? She would say, six years ago. And he would ask, how long were you together for? Oh, we were together um, five years. Right. And he's like, why were you together with a man for five years and never got married? Why were you with a man for so long? And he would give women advice. You say, don't date a man for this long without getting married. They, when, they, when those people would watch Kevin, they were like, yeah, man, tell her, tell her this, tell her. So I'm like, yo, 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 stop right now. If the women were to actually take his advice, they would want the marriage. Exactly. You are saying, well, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to do it, but man. You know, there's a, I'm not telling you, hey, France, I'm not telling you not to move to Florida, but Florida got alligators. I, I'm not telling you not to move there, but man, there's a lot of hurricanes there. There's a lot of crazy people, but I'm not telling you not to move to Florida, Francis. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of right wing extremists there, but I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you not to move there. And I'm just like, bro, like, if, the, if they're actually taking his advice, the advice goes against things that you stand for. Right. You know what I mean? And so I, I was thinking about it and I was like, some of the criticisms that like some of the guys were sharing about me was, it's always my views on marriage. Yeah. And I was just like, man, it's really interesting because were you guys mad about Kevin about that? Why would you get, if this was Kevin's biggest, most, God, God rest the dead. If this was Kevin's bet, most powerful message that he constantly preached in every single video, men and women are better together, we need, we need marriage, why were you guys so in love with him? Why did you guys cheer him on? Because I know for a fact when I talk about me, I already know what's happening. Right. I already know what's going to go on. I already know the reaction videos and the insults. I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. But why were you guys so in love with him? And I wonder if it was because he was talking about marriage or was it because the enemy of my enemy is really my friend? Interesting. Interesting. And that's what that's when it dawned on a many people who I was talking to. Yeah. And I said, those guys in nihilistic land, they don't like anybody who speaks the truth. They don't like Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. But they do love him going at Kathy Newman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't really like what Tate stands for. But they do like Tate, you know, going at the women and speaking this honest, blunt truth. Yeah. These individuals don't really like the actual ideals that they sold, that they quote unquote put out. They love people who, who do not like the people they do not like because the enemy of their enemy is, is the their friend. friend. Yeah, they like portions of the beliefs of these guys. They don't like the guys fully because if they really investigate some of the guys philosophies is clearly not your philosophy a lot of guys are pro-marriage kim samuels was pro-marriage if you're red pill 
you're not Kevin Samuels fan. So like again, it's very interesting because a lot of these guys, I think, I think it's quite simple. I think they're not really thinking it through. I think they're just watching the content. They're seeing what they like about it. They're angry, so they're trying to hear reflect. So people reflect their feelings, and they're not really looking at it deeply. And again, a lot of these guys are selling fear. Don't get married. If you get married, they can take your money. A lot of that stuff is like, like when people scam you, what happens? They try to try to affect your emotions so they can then tr- trick you and trick your brain into reacting quickly. And people are doing the same thing. They're putting out this content that's constantly making you feel in a state of anxiety. And anxiety makes you click. It makes, makes you watch it more and more. And then you get sucked into this whole ideology and cult. But if you just stop a second and just think through it rationally, do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? Do I want a life of success? I shouldn't follow this guy that's not this unmarried that doesn't have any kids and, and doesn't want a life success. No, I agree 110%. And to me, that was a part I was just I was just so curious about because to your point, they like parts of the message, but the only parts of the message they like is the entertaining parts. Yeah. The only parts of the message that they like and they really consume is the filthy parts, right? Um, and so that's something that I realized and so it was just it was just really interesting because it's like, yo, you heralded an individual as your champion and you're and you don't even have the views of the of thus champion. And and yeah, man, I think it's just something where to your point, it's such an emotional base response yeah. to clear as day trauma. Because the best time to bring somebody into a cult is when they're down. Yeah. And when they're out and when they're hurting and when they're mad and when they're resentful. And and there's a point I talked about in the standard meeting. I won't talk about it here because people will lose that point. But you see the best leaders in society who lead like these really powerful, sometimes you know, very de- destructive movements is to demonize the other side. When you see, you know, the Karl Marx's communist manifesto, right? Yeah. Is the bourgeoisie is the enemy, right? Oh, you yeah. have to you have to make somebody an enemy, right? And once you make somebody an enemy, people can then now have a place to channel their anger, their anger towards, right. right? Because the worst possible message, the worst possible message is that it's your fault. That's the worst message. That's deep. That's the most painful thing you can hear in this world. Yeah. I remember like another going back to, I don't know how much of this podcast you're going to put out. So I'm, I'm trying to share, out. share as many gems that before it's cut, cut and sliced. Right. But she asked me a question. She was like, who's primarily at fault for the way society is. And I asked her a question. I say, I'll answer your question. No problem. But before we, I answered that, who is the leader of society, men or women? Answers men. And she kind of skated a little bit to it, but eventually she said it was men. I said, cool. So if I am the leader and something goes wrong in my organization, if something goes wrong in my group, if something goes wrong on my team, if something goes wrong on my club, who is at fault? If I'm the quarterback, I throw the game-winning touchdown to the receiver. He drops a pass. The reporter asked me after the game, hey, Hafiz, why did you guys lose today? What should the quarterback say? Oh, he dropped the pass. He didn't catch it. That's why we lost. If he says that, he'll lose the entire team. What does the quarterback say? I didn't play my best. I didn't put us in the best position to win. We have to try better next time. You know, I'll, I'll become better. It's on me. That's what a leader does. Yeah. So the leader is the individual who's primarily responsible for the issue in today's world. But the problem with that is that's too painful. Yeah. That's too painful. The reason you're divorced is because of you. Decisions you made. 
It's your fault. You're divorced. It's your fault. She left you. It's you. It's too painful. Because yeah. now the anger that you're, you're, you've, you've built up to lay out on this individual is, is, is now on you. Case in point, what did Kevin Samuels do? When a woman would blame issues on a relationship, he would say, what about you? The mirror. The mirror. Accountability. They yeah. loved it. But with guys, what do guys want to do nowadays? They want to deflect. It's feminism. It's modern women today. It's so and so, so and so. It's this. It's that. They want to deflect versus like, yo, look in the look in the mirror. And so another thing that I realized is that, yo, any message that makes you the victim is not the message you want to hear. Even when I was talking to Jedediah on her podcast, and she was saying, man, it's just it's so hard to be a man. It's so hard. It's so hard. Hard. I said, yo. Being black in America, you don't get that excuse. Oh, yeah. You don't get that excuse. Oh, my God, it's so hard to be black. It's so difficult. Racism, the police, this, that, and the third. You, we don't get that. Make it work. Make it work. Turn lemons into lemonade. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it sucks. You know, on one end, do all everything in your power to change the system, but you got to live in this motherfucking system. Facts. Make it work. And so, to me, I see... It's just like I said, it's an interesting combination between like left wing behavior yeah. with a right wing yeah. idea. It, it, it's so strange. Like because think you think conservatives believe in 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 uh like basically putting on your bootstraps and, and, and working with regardless of the circumstance. But these guys have found a way to become feminists by themselves. Yeah. They they flipped the script and said we're the victims and not the people that can make a change. Yeah. And to me, it's just victim mentality that people love to, to mellow in. It's much easier to be a victim than it is to take accountability and look at the mirror. So to me, again, these guys are so oblivious to the fact that they're the same people that they're complaining about. They're the same exact people. A hundred percent. And I love what you said about that victim mindset because it's just like, yo, like, I, I really wonder because all these questions you can't ask people on camera, but I really feel like a lot of those guys would rather be a woman than a man. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I really feel like they believe being a woman is easier and better than being a man. I think if they had the choice, they would want to be a woman. That's actually pretty interesting because it makes sense because they, they hate being a man. They say being a man is hard. It's so difficult. I got I to gotta work. I got to become something. I got to become valuable. Okay, be a woman. Yeah. Is that, that what you want to be? <laughs> like, 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 that, like that to me is what it seems like. Man, women have all the power. Women have all this. Women have like, man, it sounds like you're really envious of what the women got over there. Right. And it's like, bro, I would never in a billion years trade being a man. Never. So it's some eerie kind of, you know what I mean? Like I say, you, it's like trans politics, right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit mixed yeah. into this yeah. movement of the resentfulness, right? Right. Like, like, like you think, because what's interesting about the feminist type girl, how does she usually look like? You know what I mean? She's usually that, the typical feminist archetype is that butch, lesbian, yeah, overweight. queer kind of girl, right? Blue Who hair. kind of like looks and kind of wants to be a man. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it's like, well, we know on that side, they would love to be men because they think men have all the power, men and da, 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 da. Right. They dress like men. They want to act like men. So I wonder on your side. <laughs> That's an interesting observation because like, if you think about it, yeah, like the women that want to be men, the, the, the pro-feminist women, they get more masculine. They, they start becoming more butch and start dyeing their hair. But the, but the men that want to become the red pill men, they become more feminine and, and want the, the better treatment. And they complain about the matriarchy as like this big power and force that they can't fight against. And it's interesting. They, they kind of trade places. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's where I remember somebody said the political, the political um, spectrum is a, is a circle. Yeah. The far closer you get to the far right and the far left are actually way more 
way more similar. Yeah. And you're starting to see that. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. why I told Jedediah, I said, yo, if you understand the political nature of today's world, you understand the relationship nature in today's world. Yeah. It, it's so clear how it's all coming together. Yeah. And yeah, man, I just, I just thought about that. I was like, man, do you guys even love, do you even love being a man? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And so I don't know. It was just a, a lot of things that, you know, I, 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 I really glean from these past few conversations because I, I truly, I truly wonder what is their long-term solution. And it was funny. Like I said, I'm giving all the points of the podcast. I know what's going to come yeah. out. And then, and then she was telling me about, you know, the MGTOW guy. Cause I did not know until recently that coach Greg Adams was MGTOW. Like I said, that changed oh, my whole opinion. Okay. You know, he's MGTOW guy. I didn't know that. Um, I mean, and, it makes sense. It totally yeah. makes sense. But I, I literally did not know that going into the conversation because that would be a whole different conversation. And then she was saying, like, the MGTOW guys have a good point. She, said, and she, she has such a very victim. Oh, woe is man. It's so sad yeah. being a man. Like, yo. Like, this is a real ally. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. And so, so literally, and she was like, a lot of the guys are, you know, feeling like they need to go on strike to, to you know, to, to teach the women a lesson. A sex strike? I said... <laughs> I said, are you effing kidding me? Do you truly believe? Channel my inner Andrew Tate. Do you truly believe? <laughs> Start that, yelling. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you truly believe that those guys not getting married is going to change society? Those men over there, those individuals who are going their own way. Oh, my gosh. No, not Bob. No, not him. We need him back. You think those guys? Going their own way is gonna make women feel bad. Nope. The, well, while the while the LeBron Jameses are married, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 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 while the George Cooney's are married, while the Jay Z's are married, like what are we talking about? Yeah. You you, you guys mean, are not gonna hurt anybody. They don't even care. What right. kind of strike are you talking it's about? It's kind of weird because if they're, if they're already in cells, then how how how? Let I me mean, compute the math. You're already in cell, so how's that gonna affect women? You're not getting women. Yeah. Anyway. And then and then and then the point that I think is really interesting, I want to spend most of our time talking about, is a question of are you trying to solve a problem or are you trying to profit from a problem? Mm. That's the fundamental question. Right. Are you guys trying to solve a problem or are you trying to profit from a problem? Because going back to this whole, you know, and um Industrial, what's a war complex? What they call it again? The the war the, the war, war oh industry uh, war. What's that word? Uh, military industrial complex. Yes, military industrial complex. They always say about the military industrial complex what they don't care about wars ending, they care about wars perpetuating and happening because that profits them. Yeah. The more wars go on, the more people buy guns and tanks and machines. If we're in an era of peace, the whole military industrial complex fails yeah so it benefits for this war to continue the same thing with cnn and fox news it benefits them for the right and the left to be mad at each other and be going to war the culture war benefits them more views more ad dollars more clicks more attention facts yeah the same way with the battle between men and women these individual these content creators financially benefit from men and women being mad at each other 
Because yeah. if men and women weren't mad and there was a nation of peace, they would have no jobs. They would have no channels. They would have no content. They make more money the more men and women are mad at one another. So they're profiting from this system and structure. Yeah. And 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 I was talking about the the realities of it. And I was very transparent on Adam's show. And I was like, yo, I I and I showed the guys in the standard the YouTube metrics. Yeah. And I told the story. I said, yo, I did a video a couple years ago called A Sad Reality of Beautiful Women. That video did half a million views, about 100,000 views in 24 hours. Where I was talking about how a lot of beautiful women today are very entitled and men should be aware of that. Typical, you know, red pill meat content. Yeah. Anything cynical about women, they love it, right? Half a million views. I, that video, I think I made like $6,000 in that video. One video, right. $6,000. Mind you, not, not one day of work, one video dropped 6,000. Right. And what happens in YouTube, for people who don't know, YouTube, when you, when you hit a, a, a multiplier is what I call it, every video you drop in that theme, same amount of views. Right. So you can literally milk something and hit about $100,000, $200,000 if you want to keep it going. Yeah. Obviously, I was like, no, like I already did this video. I did another video very similar to that. I said, no, I'm done with it. I'm not doing no more videos like that because it's, it's fueling the animosity and anger, right? Yeah. I spoke my piece and in the videos. You do another video about, you know, how many to get better, right? How men should improve their lives. That video does 20,000 views. Let's say $300, $400. In the back, if you're a creator right. and you're running a business, one video gives you 5,000 views. Sorry, $5,000. Another yeah. video gives you $300. What are you going to do? Which button are you going to press? obvious one and that's the part where i'm transparent about these things and, I, and i've always been clear i make the least out of everybody so when i'm giving numbers i'm giving the small end of the numbers right these other individuals they're not dumb they make more money doing this cnn makes more money with donald trump stories they make more money right we saw what happened when trump got out of office what happened to their ratings tanked. boom ratings tanked they what happened to their ad dollars it tanked the best thing that happened to CNN, the very best thing that happened to CNN is what? What do you think was the best thing that happened to them? Donald recently? Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump, the January 6th committee. Committee. And, and then Brady Marilago. Yeah. Greatest things that happened to them. What happens now to their views? Do, 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 do. Back through the roof. Yeah. They need the enemy. And so to me, the point that I'm constantly, one of my biggest criticisms of the movement. Is what I told her. I said, if you are telling me you're about the truth and you're about helping men, because I believe a part of it is they want to see men better. They want to see a fair, equitable, equitable world for men. Right. If that's what it is about, why are you constantly putting out this, this content that enriches your pockets but stirs more and more animosity? Right. Like, like. That's what's going on, and that's something that's not being discussed, and I'm constantly being transparent and showing my analytics and showing my data and showing my ad revenue to show, like, yo, fellas, this, these things easily can happen. But what, what if they say, you know, I, you know, Hafiz, I hear you, but is making lives better, is making these guys understand and be aware of the human nature, and I'm educating the public, I'm giving the public service announcements to all the men that don't understand how women work, and I'm doing a positive, and if I get paid for it, then great. I'm like, every preacher gets paid for what they do when they preach. 100%, that's her, and that's the argument that one woman gave me. And so my question to those individuals is, in your 
personal opinion, all feelings, no facts. I'm curious to your opinion. I'm curious to everybody else who's watching this is opinion. How many percentage of men mm-hmm. want are going to end up in a relationship in the next five years? In your opinion, all feelings, no facts. I would say five years. Is there an age range? So how many, great question. How many percentage of men between the ages of 20 through 35 in the next five years are going to end up in a relationship? In a, Okay, that's 70%. 70%? Yeah. Cool. All right. So how many percentage of men, in your opinion, um, between the ages of, of 20 to 35 in the next 15 years is going to end up in a relationship? Probably 85. 85. Cool. So let's let's start let's stop right there. How many percentage of men who are currently in this world between the ages of um, twenty to thirty five in the next twenty years will get married? Married. Yes. Maybe about seventy. Seventy. Cool. Yeah. So think about it. You gave 70, 80, 70, all feelings, no facts. We can't prove this, but I believe that's accurate numbers. I would go a little bit higher, but that's but I like the numbers. So a majority of men are going to end up in relationships. A majority of men we know in today's world are going to get married. Yeah. We know this. Right. At, at some point, they're going to end up getting married. So if you have a brain and you are smart like you say you are, and you are an orator of the truth, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is that most men will end up being married. Yeah. Most men will end up in a relationship. Yeah. So therefore, if you know most men will end up like this, why are you not giving them the information to prepare them for success? Right. Because simply just being on the defense and just saying, hey, man, you know, uh, I, I don't date, I don't do relationships, I don't do this, that, and the third. You're being disingenuous. Right. Because you know deep down inside, while first and foremost, I highly disagree that in the next 20 years, all these content creators who are forever single bachelors will never get in one single relationship. Yeah. What what how that looks like, I'm not defining it, but for for me to believe all these guys will not get in one single relationship in the next 20 years, it's extreme. I do not believe that for a second. So if you know your audience is going to enter into these unions, into these relationships. Uh-huh. Why won't you give them the tools, resources, and help them get there? You got to stop playing this game. You know that they're going to end up in this destination. What if they say, hey, I know that. Like, what if they have a philosophy of like, hey, go to another country, maybe a, a more um, a poor country with, the, with more cohesive culture, more traditional culture, and marry a girl from there. Or you can, you know, uh, figure out another way, another state to, yeah. to get married at. So my biggest thing is this is where it goes back to who, whose advice, what advice are you giving? Like, I remember um, um, Coach said a guy can get a surrogate. Surrogates cost $30,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're going to be a 40-year-old male with a baby by yourself? You can be. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> are, are you really giving them practical advice? Right. How many men can really go to Indonesia, find a woman, get her pregnant? I'm just going to see my kid once a year in Indonesia, and that's going to be my legacy. That's going to be my future. Freaking have a kid that came and speak no, speaking no English. <laughs> like, what is that? Like, is this real life advice? Are we serious here? Right. And that's the part I'm like, yo, you can't, you guys are way older than me. Yeah. I'm a 32 year old guy who's just figuring life out. You're way older than me. There's no way that's real life advice you're giving them. Get a surrogate. Go to Dominican Republic and have a kid over. Like, 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 I, so, come so, on, so, so man. In, in their mind, they're selling an alternative. Like, they're saying that 
the current reality they're living in is worse. They're saying that you, you, people that, are, that get, get married and they get divorced and lose all their stuff and lose their kids, would you rather have that scenario would you rather have so it's false dilemma it's the false dilemma they, they provide you with the worst case scenario and then they compare that to their crazy you and, know, and solution. the crazy alternative is not practical for most most men are not gonna go overseas and have a kid that they never see but once or twice a year right most men do not want their child being in, raised in a single parent household overseas where they have no they have nothing to do with the culture the child is being raised in like, what are we doing? Like, do we really believe this is a solution? Let my son be raised in a single parent household in freaking Columbia? <laughs> like, what? Like, like, to me, I'm just like, is this really the tangible solutions? And so to me, because I realize, and this is the part where they always misinterpret what I'm saying. I acknowledge all the worst case scenarios. I acknowledge all of them. I understand all of them. I've watched all of their information. I have, I know of all of it, but I also know about the best. Yeah. So, so what I told Jedediah is, so instead, since we know most men are going to be in relationships and most men are going to be married, why don't we learn from people who are doing it very well? Yeah. Why don't we learn from the best? Nobody says, you know what? I want to start a business. I'm going to talk to this guy who's had multiple failed businesses, never made a profit from his businesses, and all he talks about is protecting yourself from when your businesses fail. If I'm going to start a business, why would I want to watch somebody like that? Right. Why would I want to learn from somebody like that? People learn from who? The Patrick Bet Davids of the world, the Gary V's of the world, the Alex Harmonzi's of the world. They learn from people who, who have successful businesses. Right. But what's so fascinating in the red pill community is they all learn from dudes who are not who are not in relationships. Right. Dudes are not even married. And they're learning from them. I'm like, yo, how can you learn from the one who could not successfully build this machine? Build right. this thing. You gotta learn from the one who has. Learn from the one who truly has done it in the best way and can give you the wisdom to do so. And so to me, that's my pushback to it. Right. Is say, okay, ignite. No one's saying not to acknowledge the bad. No one's saying talk to men about prenups if you want to and custody. No one's saying ignore all those things. Stop strawmanning our point. Right. What we're saying is that on the flip side, you must give them the other side of the story. Yeah. I love Patrick Bed Davis debate advice. Give me the guy who's had the worst marriage in human history and let him tell his story to a group of men. Then let's find a guy who had the best marriage in human history and have him tell them sort of the same group of men and ask both of those guys questions and then let the men decide what they want. Right. That's what I'm about. Yeah. I'm not. See, I'm not about. Let's just hide the guy who's had the worst case scenario. And only talk to the best case scenario guy. Yeah. But what they are definitely about is hiding the best case scenario because it's an exception to the it's rule. Not, it's not it's real. It's not real. Because yeah. in their world, and this is how you know you're built on cynicism, that guy is more real than that guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know? the, the pain and negativity is real. Yeah, and, yeah, and the positive there's is not more, real. There's more negative. Yeah. There's more pain. Oh, that's definitely real. Yeah. That's real. Oh, that's that's most people. Yeah. Most people are, are, are like that. Yeah. Most men. Most men are like that. <laughs> yeah. And they use their pseudo sign. Well, 50, divorce rate is 40%. If you factor in how many men are sexless, that's about 70%. Then you factor in how many men are unhappy, it's about 50. It was actually 95. Like they, they do all their pseudoscience to justify why this guy is the norm and why this guy is the anomaly exception to the rule. Yeah. And so to me, like I told Adam, I said, what blows my mind about money 
is that we live in a world where most people will never be millionaires. It is virtually impossible for most people to be millionaires. That's in, in regards to clarification, salary-wise. Yeah. You can save Rafa RA, all that stuff to be a millionaire, but salary-wise, most people will not be a millionaire salary-wise. But everybody is trying to achieve being a millionaire. Yeah. Everyone's trying to achieve it, though most people will never do it. Because being financially free is beautiful. Going back to the fire movement, retiring early. Yeah. So many people are trying to do it. That's the rarest of the rare. To be 38 years old and retire and not have to pay, that's the rarest of the rare. But guess what? People are striving to do so. People are learning from those who have already done so already. People are trying to emulate their models. Right. That's really interesting, right? This guy is the exception to the rule, but everyone's trying to be the exception to the rule as well. But how come we don't have the energy with marriage? That's my energy with marriage. I treat it just like money. Yeah. I understand most people are going to be broke. Most people are going to be struggling. But if someone's going to be financially free, I want to be that guy. Why I wanna, not me? Why not me? I want to learn from the people who are financially free. I want to learn and, and copy that into my life. Most people, marriage are unhappy. Cool. Let's say your red pill talking points are true. But there is somebody who is. I want to learn from that guy. I want to apply these things into my life. I want to be part of that exception and not the rule. Yeah. That's my philosophy when it comes to marriage. Right. But the nihilism does not allow them to even rationalize that to be a logical conclusion. Yeah. They don't, they don't see themselves as the person who can get it. They have dental issues where like, just like, it's like in money with like, Alex also says this often, people that are poor often can never, can't envision themselves as people who have money. So they, they can't even see it possible. So they have to agree that, I'm the I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm most guys. Yeah. I'm not gonna be the exception. Exactly. And, and with that philosophy, you don't have to do work because you just automatically fit in that category. You don't gotta do anything different. A hundred percent. And I love the book Rich Dad Poor Dad because this is really what it embodies. Right. The poor dad's mindset is that I can never be rich. Yeah. And when you believe you can never be rich, why try? It won't be. And then he said the people who got rich, they did it. They did either fake. You know, they scam people, they stole from somebody. You have this animosity towards the people who are being rich. Yeah. And you see the same thing with people who are married. Oh, you're not happy. Oh, you'll see our fees in a couple of years. Yeah. You'll, you'll be back here in the pits of hell with us. <laughs> yeah. The, you know what I mean? It's the same negative. I'm like, bro, are you guys not seeing the correlations between these two things? Yeah. And so to me, it's, it's that. It's like, bro, in everything in life, same with being fit. Most Americans are what? Overweight. overweight. Yeah. Most Americans are going to be overweight. But I don't want to be most American. I want to study the people who are fit. I want to study the people who are in shape. I want to study the people who are healthy. I'm going to study them and I want to be like them. Like that's the mentality you should take in every area of your life. But people take it all day long with money. But they will never take it when it comes to marriage. And yeah. that to me is a, a true sign of nihilism. Yeah. Because there is no, is so consumed with negativity that you're not even open to the possibilities of the good that can happen in your life. Facts, facts. So they're not, again, they're, they're depressed. And when in a depressive state, you don't want to hear anything that's, that's going to go contrary to what you already believe. Like, like I said, with the hope thing, if you get false hope, they've, they've been lied to. A lot of these guys, they're hurt, they're in pain, they've been you know, divorced, cheated on, whatever, and they're in deep pain. And the worst thing to do to a guy in pain is give them false hope. Because if they try again and they fail, they're never coming back. And let's talk about that. Because I realize the, 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 the cycle of the, the red pill um, extremists. Yeah. Why it becomes more and more extreme. And I've always asked the question. I said, imagine there was a woman who consumed nothing but pro-feminist, anti-male, uh, 
anti-patriarchy, tear down, you know, the, 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 the male hierarchies content 24-7. Imagine going on a date with that girl. How do you think her demeanor is going to be? Very anxious and, you know, ready to fight. Okay. How do you feel like that date will go? Horribly. Horribly. So that date goes horribly. Will you, will you call her and text her back? Nope. Okay, so think about it. This woman, woman A, consumes nothing but pro-feminist, anti-male content. Yeah. She's extremely negative. All of a sudden, she goes on a date with a man. That negativity comes out on that date. Yeah. The man doesn't want to date her anymore. Now, she goes home. He doesn't call her back. What does she say about men? She's reinforced her anger towards men. Exactly. She's reinforced. Man, that's, why, that's why men are not this. That's why men are not that. That's why men are not this. Goes back to her content. It's another date. Now she's even more negative, more cynical, more bitter than ever yeah. before. What happens to that date? The guy doesn't enjoy her. Then all of a sudden, what happens? She doesn't, he doesn't text her back. Continues the cycle. Right. Same with men. Yeah. You're a guy. You're watching this red pill content. You're mad. You have red pill rage. After you, three or four. You go on a date with a girl. She can feel that. She can sense that. She can see this animosity, this tension with you. Yeah. You text her after the date. Had a great time. No text back. You're mad. Back to the commanding holding. Da, 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 da. Go back to the. That is the cycle. Yeah. And it and it cycles you down. It spirals. To, yeah. To the to the pits of hell. Yeah. And that's what these guys are not seeing. It's the negativity breeds negativity, and then you're surprised why women don't want you still. Yeah. You're surprised why no woman wants to go on a date with you. You're surprised why no woman wants to be around you consistently. Same with the women. Yeah. You're wondering why all these men is using for sex and no one wants a relationship with you because you're so goddamn negative. Yeah, no one's going to put up with that kind of behavior. Like, no person has self-respect is going to come down and, and help you through this process to get to a more positive. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, we don't have time for that. Like, if you're already so negative, you're going to remain negative until you can get yourself out of that pit to be able to date someone normally. 100%. And that's a part where we always talk about emotional health and, and, and healing because that darkness, you got to purge it, male and female. Yeah. Because if you really believe all that darkness, all that animosity, all that rage, all that bitterness towards the opposite gender is going to cause healthy, desirable people of the opposite gender to want to be with you, you are extremely deceived. Right. And that's a problem that these guys don't realize. These ideals, these videos, that's why I'm so mad about it. I just know you can't watch this much negativity. Yeah. And then expect to be around women and enjoy her. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break to go ahead and talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors at BetterHelp Counseling. As I've said multiple times, I am not a counselor. Chris is not a therapist. We're simply men who like to have great conversations and share our opinions. But we still feel like a lot of you guys need counseling. You need therapy. You need additional support to help you on your journey to life. That's why we partner with BetterHelp. Guys, BetterHelp offers you licensed professional counseling from the comfort of your own home. And not just that, one of the challenges people face with counseling is sometimes you may not like your counselor and you want to go to a different one and it is very difficult to change. But BetterHelp makes it extremely easy. Guys, go to betterhelp.com slash roommate to sign up today. Please, men and women alike, do not neglect your mental health. 
Take this opportunity, take this year to make a commitment to becoming the best version of yourself, but you gotta do so emotionally and going to counseling will drastically transform your life. Go to betterhelp.com slash roommates. You'll be able to get a discount from our content. Thank you guys so much. Let's continue to get better and let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, I mean, you get a good point. It's like Fox, it's like Fox News or CNN. If you watch CNN all day, every day, you're gonna be afraid of everything. You're afraid of COVID, afraid of all the things that you're consuming. You may think it's just entertainment, some of that all the time. MSNBC, you may, you may think it's just entertainment, mm-hmm. but you're absorbing that negative energy, and eventually you're gonna you're gonna come out one day in a, in a debate, in a public debate. You, you wonder why you're getting outbursting in the grocery store <laughs> because you've been consuming all this negativity, and eventually it comes out. And with these guys with the reptile content, your brain is literally inundated with negativity. Negativity. Women are terrible. Women are the worst. When you finally meet a woman that's nice, you can't even fathom her being nice. A hundred percent. And then it's so fascinating because like. <laughs> I, 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 tell, I tell this story all the time. I think the greatest thing that ever happened to me was being on tour with Stefan. Because mm-hmm. I got to see it clear as day from the women's perspective. And then I then go to the guy's side and like, wow, this is exactly the same. Yeah. Because what ends up happening, then you get, end up having all these self-fulfilling prophecies. Because you end up looking for things that don't, that don't exist. Yeah. But it's, it's going back to this idea of like, um, I forgot. They were talking about how like children... Um, they can have like memories implanted in their brains of trauma that never happened. You know right. what I'm talking yeah, about those yeah, studies? Yeah, I know. So it's just, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in the idea of memory, how we treat memory like it's a movie when memory is not a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Memory is literally not a movie. Um, and so what happens is then you end up, the negativity ends up creating ideas in your brain. Like, for example, a woman who believes all men cheat, she will find her husband cheating. Yeah. Even if may, even if he's not even doing it. Right. She will see him talking to that woman as cheating. I knew a woman who was so neurotic. I heard this story before. She believes that all men cheat. That's her belief. You can't, you can't prove her otherwise. All men do cheat. Right. So one day, she, uh, I think her boyfriend went to like an event. Uh-huh. She went, went to the event as well. Followed. Followed him to the <laughs> event. She was sitting at the top balcony and watched him for like four hours. Jesus saw every person he interacted with and then if he, and then look and literally looking to see if he's even going to look at a woman that walks by. <laughs> wow. But that's, a, and then the self-fulfilling prophecies that he's a yeah. Jesus, Jesus. So even if, even if she, let's say she turned around and she looks back and she sees that he turned around and looked back too. her brains. He turned around, look at that girl. Yeah. It's an eroticism, right? Yeah, it's manifesting these negative outcomes. So that's what these guys don't realize. Like, yo, you will never have a healthy relationship with a woman consuming that kind of content. You yeah. never will. Because yeah. you will always see the worst. You will always see the negative. It will stand out more. Yeah. There's this interesting theory. I forgot the freaking theory. I forgot it, man. It's so freaking powerful. It starts with a P. What's theory about? Basically, I can't find it. Basically, the theory is about this idea of you have... A, a, a football coach mm-hmm. uh, let's say a basketball coach but you have a basketball coach and he has two players yeah one player reminds me of his best friend from high school the other player reminds him of the person he hated the most in high school yeah all of a sudden the the players are shooting a basketball both of them missed the shot the first one who reminds him of his friend he's like hey Try harder next time, buddy. You do, you know, you get it next time. Yeah. The second person who missed that same exact shot, like, hey man, better form. Yeah. A little bit more nastier to him. Yeah. That more encouraging nature helps cultivate guy number one 
to be more confident in the shot. Yeah. The more negative nature cultivates guy number two to become worse at a shot. Yeah. The story continues to where one of them is a star player on the team, another one of them is the worst player on the team. Yeah. You think, oh, that kid is way better than him. No. It was a series of events that helped build one up and helped tear one down by subconscious biases yeah. in the individual's mind. Right. People don't realize that's also true in relationships. You can actually cultivate the relationship that you kind of want by your subconscious biases. Mm. And it was such a powerful theory. Because think about it. Like if you are a woman and you believe that men are out to get you, you're probably going to be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. A little bit more assertive. Yeah. That's gonna Defensive. Piss, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's going to piss the guy off. That's going to make the man feel a little bit more upset and angry. And that's going to create the self-fulfilling prophecies. Your behavior is really shaping the world around you. Yeah, it, it was talked about in, in the book, His Needs, Her Needs. Who was the writer again? Will, Willard F. Harley. Yes, it, it was amazing. He had like, he said like, basically it's like a bank account, right? You have mm-hmm. an account for each good and bad. And the more you have bad experiences, you, you begin to accumulate money in the, in the negative account. And then eventually there's a debt that can be paid. And then mm-hmm. you eventually you can't move forward. So it's the same concept there. 100%. And so those are all the reasons why I'm, I do what I do. Because unlike those guys, I genuinely care about people's lives. I really do believe the worst thing that happened in society is the teardown of, of the families. I truly believe that being um, controlled by the state is really poisoning us. And so I'm really passionate about these things. You know, I really care. Like, this means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, there was a time in the day where I never really said much because I was like, you know what? You know, we just got to keep the peace. We got to keep the peace. We got to keep the peace. But it was like, bro, no, 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 no. Like, this is now getting out of hand. Yeah. And, and so to, to, I, I, wrote, I wrote something down, and, and my point was that what we need to do is we need to acknowledge the realities of marriage. And marriage can be one of two things. My dad was one who told me this. He said it can be the greatest blessing you've ever experienced or the worst burden in your life. So my thing is instead of spending all day long focusing on individuals who have the greatest burden they can ever experience let's learn from those who where marriage is a best blessing to their lives and so the dopest part about what we're doing the standard is we're actually giving men resources from other men who have successful long-term marriages we're yeah. not simply being naive we're giving tangible step-by-step guides to help men have better families to le- help men have better legacies and I wrote down uh, uh, five things that is extremely important you know, just for the guys who are not in the standard, just some free game about, um, about um, things that create a healthier marriage. Okay. And the, the first thing is that as a man, you have to be financially stable. You, what you, obviously, the top three things of divorce, money is always one of those three things. Mm-hmm. So financially stable is extremely important. If you're a financially stable man, change the whole conversation. The second thing is honest sexual expectations. This is a two-way street. The first way is that if you are a guy, and let's say you're a non-religious guy, and you want to have others, or as Kevin talked about exploring your options, options. I, don't, I don't condone that behavior, but if that's who you are, you're non-religious, you have to be honest about that. You have to be clear about that. And it needs transparent. To, it, needs to be, it needs to be a written agreement yeah. where you both you and her agree to this deal and being honest. Because what happens is, if you look at the top three things that cause divorce, infidelity is always on the top three. Yeah. But if you're a man who's honest about how you genuinely feel, if you're that kind of guy, therefore she understands that infidelity is not a thing in your 
worldview. Right. I'm not saying he's not a thing in my worldview. I'm just saying in your worldview. And also when it comes to sexual expectations about sexual um, frequency, when you go to a good premarital council, that's what they will ask you. Yeah. They say, what is your expected sexual frequency? That needs to be something that's communicated as a man. This, this is not a want. This is a need. Yeah. The same way you as a woman, a, a certain amount of ch- children is a need. You must have a certain amount of children to be in this marriage. I need this as well. So that on a sexual conversation where obviously it's agreed upon, written as well, where both parties understand it, you need that for your relationship. Right. The third thing is clear expectations. Um, one of the biggest issues that I see going on is that people are in relationship where there's no expectations or not clear. You don't know what she wants. He doesn't know what you want. I gave an example of like, imagine getting hired for a job and you're like, okay, what's the position? We'll figure it out. Yeah. What are my responsibilities? We'll figure it out. Then all of a sudden, two years later, you get your job review and you get an F for, for performance. Yeah. Well, you didn't, you didn't, you, you came to work at nine instead of seven. When was I supposed to come to work at seven? Right. Oh, you actually didn't, you know, you actually didn't, you know, do a good job on that sale. Who told me I was supposed to do sale? I, th- I didn't know I was going to be a sales guy. Yeah. When there's no clear expectation, both people will be extremely frustrated. Yeah. And so one of my biggest things is that if you're going to get married, you and her need to clearly communicate the expectations. What do you and her both want out of this union? So it's clear as they written as well. Yeah. Agreed upon by both individuals. So everybody knows what each other's job is. Yeah. And if one person does not do their job, you realize there has to be ramifications of it. Yeah. Right. So clear expectations. Number four is um, strong support systems. Uh, it was something that Coach Greg Adams even pointed out to it. Yeah. Where he said, if your woman has negative, nasty friends who are bitter and single and this, that, and the third, it can ruin your relationship. I said, that's actually a great point. Yeah. That's why I truly believe do not marry a woman who doesn't have a great support system. One of my friends told me that who went through a horrible divorce. Because, we, because when bad things happened, he went to, she went to her mom. And her mom was always spewing negativity. Her mom was always saying bad things about him. Yeah. You need a strong support system where the individuals in her life are happy, healthy, and great marriages that will always give her the advice, go back to your husband, make things right with your husband. That, that's how it was back in the olden days. Yeah. I know it's TV, but there's a scene in The Godfather, it's super bad, when um, Connie, um, um, you know, the Don Corleone's daughter, was getting into a fight with her, with her husband. Yeah. And like, hey, no, no, no. They're like, stop it. It's between them. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, don't get involved. You know what I mean? Like, the mom was like, no, like, literally, the, it was a it was getting physical. <laughs> yeah, the mom yeah. was like, no, don't stop it, Sonny. Don't stop it. That's between them. Yeah. Don't get, the mom was just like, yo, don't break that up. Right, right. You know, and so I think the strong support systems, that's really powerful and that's really needed. And they got to be pro marriage. They got to be pro the union. They got to be. Have, you can't have your auntie and uncle who always hated that guy. Yeah. I've always hated them. I've always, you can't have those kind of guys around, around your So your if mind. you're a man, you got to yeah. make sure she has that strong support system where the family loves you, the family values you, the family, you know, really believes in marriage. Like even my thing, this is my rule. I wouldn't, this is my personal rule. I would never marry a woman whose parents were divorced. That's my rule. I'm not saying it's for everybody. That's my personal rule. I would never marry a woman's parents were divorced. I wanted a woman who saw a beautiful, ha- happy, healthy family who wanted it also for herself. Right. So that strong support system is ex- extremely important. And the last thing is mutual shared values. Very important. It's so important. If you are a Republican, do not marry a Democrat. 
If you are a capitalist, as Patrick Bet Davis said, do not marry a socialist. You need to have mutual shared values because end of the day, the difference between a love story and a life story is, is mutual values and a, and a shared destination. Yeah. So you and her need to understand that you both value the same things. You most, we both value the same principles. Yeah. And too many people today, as long as she's hot, as long as you're having sex, you want to be with this person. And so those five things, and I'll repeat those five things for those anyone didn't get them, was a man being financially stable, a man being honest about his sexual expectations, having clear expectations about marriage, woman having a strong support system, and so are you, and you both have a mutual shared values, are a few of the different things mm-hmm. that contribute to happy, healthier marriages. And that's something that I just, I, I'm obsessed with. Shout out to Dr. John Gottman, who's one of the leading experts on um, um, healthy marriages. And so to me, it's just it's just clear as day that the nihilists and the red pill extremists, they don't care. They don't want to be helped. Yeah. They don't want to be helped. Like um, in the movie, I Am Legend. Yeah. At the end, Will Smith found a cure. The zombies break into the basement. He's trying to reason. I can cure her. She's <laughs> cured. She's cured. The zombie. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> He don't, he's gone. He's all emotional, no rational. Yeah, he's He good. don't care. He just wants to see the whole world burn. The yeah. AOCs, we, just, we talk about agents of chaos. Yeah. He's wanting to see the world burn. Yeah. Those kind of guys, there's no helping those guys. But for the people who do want solutions to this poop show, which we call a society, <laughs> people who want to see men and women come together, there's so much that we're doing and so much more to be able to create a lasting change. And the last thing I'll say before I move it to you is that. At the end of the day, and this is my final announcement about this topic, is this. It's all about the receipts, as AMS always talked about. At the end of the day, somebody's advice will lead somebody to their destiny, and somebody's advice will lead somebody to their destruction. Ten years from now, we will see who was right and who was wrong. 10 years from now, we will see whose ideas worked and whose ideas failed. That is the game I am so consumed about. I don't give a thing about no debate with nobody. I don't give a thing about no reaction video. I don't give a thing about no one's opinions or books. I don't give a thing about what I got to say. In 10 years from now, we will truly see who was leading the men to their destiny and who was leading the men to their destruction because the receipts will be in. And on that day, we will pull up and we will go through everything. Nobody will be hidden. Every teacher will be held accountable for what they told men to do. And we will truly see if you're telling me you guys are the truth, you should have the best men, the most successful men, the most competent men. You should have the greatest men. Our men should be weak, pathetic losers who are literally weenie hut juniors. Right. We will see on that day who gave the best advice, who was really trying to line their pockets with profits or who was really trying to transform and see men's legacies being changed. 10 years from now, I promise you, men and women, you will all see it. And that's the day I look forward to. That's interesting, man. It's powerful because 
you know, with a con, you never uh, get to see them in the end. Like a con is temporary. It's not meant to last long. It's meant to be a temporary thing where they profiteer and, and make a lot of money in the short term, but then screw up a lot of money in the long term. So like for us, we're looking at long term. These guys to me are very immature. They're just in the phase of life that we all went through this, this phase of life. Early on, you're mad at women, you're frustrated, you're a young guy, not have the money, not have enough resources to, to acquire a lady. So now you have to resort to be nihilistic and negative. But eventually you grow up and you want to have a wife and children. And you forget all those dumb ideas that you're growing up. But a lot of these guys are kind of stuck in that. In that, I'm curious to see their audience too, because are the audience like older men? Are they just these young guys who are just now getting started in the game and seeing the the, the red pill that the minds are open now finally to this this world? And I, I wonder if, again, in ten years they're gonna grow up, grow out of that instrumentality, find a woman and get married. And I'm gonna see who's who's we're gonna see who's. Uh, end of the day and follow analysis we're going to see who's right mm-hmm. the guys who were conned or the guys who actually were following the right things 100% the receipts will show it all the lives of the men will show it all and I remember the saddest thing shout out my girl I love her for being so honest my girl Sham Booty she did a video saying 10 years later I was wrong she said I told women I didn't want to have any kids no kids no kids no kids now I had kids, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Man. And while it's beautiful, then I thank Shan for transparency. It was beautiful for Shan to be able to communicate these things. Unfortunately, there's some women who may be in their 40s who they can't have any kids anymore, who took this advice. And so to me, what's going to be extremely sad is that 10 years from now, we're going to see there's going to be some men who are going to say, hey, Man, back in the day, man, I, I was wrong. My bad. My bad, guys. Oops. I gave you the bad information that led your life down the wrong path. My bad, fellas. Gave bad information. Whoops. And there's going to be a whole community of men who suffered because of these lies. Right. And so to me, like I said, this is my, my, one of my last times bringing this up. Ten years from now, we will all see. And it's going to be a very, 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 very sad day for some people who are were entrenched in these cult-like environments, who followed these false prophets, and who led their lives astray. We will see 10 years from now, Francis. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, again, a, a verse you sent me one day was Second Peter chapter 2. And if you read that verse you'll get what we're talking about right now is there are a lot of guys who are out there who want to tell you the truth. They want to give you this information that again, on the back end, they're making a lot of money. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I want to excuse anybody of having like false intentions or whatever, but again, we can see the receipts. We can see what's happening in the back end. A piece of season see them himself. So in 10 years, we'll see who actually was helping and who was hurting. And we're going to see like the money and where it went. And, and you can make your own conclusions from there. Shout it out. Shout it out. So where can the people find you at Francis? On Instagram, my name is Sir Francois. That's S-I-R-F-R-A-N-S-W-A, Sir Francois, and that's it. Guys, show my guy Francis some love. Give him a follow on Instagram. Thank you guys so much. My name is Afis. I'm joined by Francois. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, and have a great day.